The Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return, brought to you by Narcanon Suncoast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. My name is Joni Siegel, and I will be your host for this episode. And this is episode number 123. Recently, I attended an educators conference in St. Louis, Missouri, and I was there to teach these educators uh, about podcasting. And as part of my presentation, I did an interview on a woman from Miami named Barbie Rivera. Now, Barbie has a private school down in Miami. And while you may be wondering why this would be an appropriate interview for this podcast, Barbie's interview is all about the drugging of our school children. And since we know that several of the former addicts that we have interviewed on the podcast started on drugs at a very young age with prescription drugs, I thought that her interview would be very appropriate to our listening audience. Barbie is the founder of the Hollywood Education and Literacy Project in Miami. It is a nonprofit accredited private school and tutoring center whose mission is to empower the individual student to become a competent, independent learner with sound educational skills so that they can master their academics and succeed in life. Without further ado, let's talk to Barbie Rivera. I want to apologize because I had almost completely lost my voice when I did this interview with Barbie, but she was only at the conference for that particular evening, so I had to get it done It sounds pretty bad from my viewpoint, but what she has to relate is what's important about this particular interview. So ignore my croaking and enjoy Barbie's talk. So Barbie, thank you for being on the podcast and I apologize about my voice. Ah. No problem, no problem. (laughs) So I know that you are a super duper educator and this podcast is about drug addiction and I know that that whole subject actually ties in with what you do. So tell us how you got started with your school because it ties in with whole drugging of children. Okay, first of all, I want to make it very clear that I am an unofficial educator. I've never gone to college. I don't hold a teacher certificate. Uh, But 28, 29 years ago, a certified teacher told my first grader, uh, told me about my first grader that he was mentally handicapped and he needed to be drugged. And I was like, I can't believe that that's the solution. No tutoring, no extra work, nothing. But they were already with the list of medications that he should go on. This is how long ago? uh, 28, 29 years ago. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if you just get the idea, like, if I can't cook, no one's, they're going to say, take a cooking class, (laughs) not go on drugs. And the medication is that they wanted him on is under the class CNS, Central Nervous System. So before my son's baby teeth were out, they wanted to alter his brain and his spine, in his entire central nervous system, and that was the solution offered to me. Right, and you're not a doctor either, but you know that's not right. I can't say the language that I <laughs> expressed at the time on this podcast, but I can't believe it. 
You can. If you do, then when I post this to iTunes, I'll just say it's not clean. And I'll say it has like some bad words in it. <laughs> no, Elizabeth might get mad at me. Okay, there <laughs> you go. You won't do that then. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I was shocked. So um, by the end of first grade, the certified establishment taught my son that he was stupid. And my son, at the time, I mean, he's bilingual. I don't speak two languages. My son spoke two languages fluently. He could go anywhere with anybody. He never had a meltdown in the grocery store. He did his chores. It was like a perfect little boy who used to run around in a cape, and he's going to grow up to be a superhero firefighter, and on and on, which is what I think a little boy, that's what you expect of a little boy. Exactly. And then he was just shut down. Um, and it was interesting because... I looked at him and I'm like, oh my God, if I don't do something, he's gonna be on drugs when he's 13, 14, 15. Like I saw it because I have betrayed my son. I sent him to a place that I did great with. I did great in public school a hundred years ago. Yeah, me too. You know, I did, the teachers loved me. There was no drugging. There was no homework when you're in kindergarten. None of that nonsense. But my son had a different experience. So I took him out of school, and um, it took me two years to get my son back. And my other three never went to school, and they never felt that they were inadequate or anything other than super intelligent. And now I'm four for four. All of their IQs are over 135. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's me, a a high school graduate who did that. So I figure if I can do that there's something really wrong with the system. Right. Yep. So my homeschool kept growing and growing because now I see that my son was not the only one. Right. Now I, you know, now I've been doing this for 28 years. My homeschool is now an accredited private school in Florida. Small, but we're out there. And the majority (laughs) of the kids in my school have been on Ritalin, Prozac, Adderall, in Tunev, and I'm talking, I have spoken to children who are five, who have been on Prozac for two and a half years of their lives. Prozac. I'm like, what are we doing with a two and a half year old? Like, what are we doing? And you can see it. Like when a five year old comes into my office, I mean, my name is Barbie, so I have a Barbie doll in my office. The normal five year old wants the toys, the stickers, all of these things. And when you have a five-year-old who comes in that has, there's no, it's a shell of a body. I, what medication? Oh, how can you tell? I'm like, how can you not? Wow. It's, it's actually sick. I mean, yeah. I get really enraged. Yeah. Because what were we doing? What did we expect of the two-year-old? What did we expect of the three-year-old? So I get all of this traffic. Now I have the mental health forms that the drug companies want me to fill out. And these are also bogus. They never ask what type of parent does the child have? Does, is the parent with the child or is the parent on a device? Right. Do they serve dinner? Do they eat together? What activities does the child have? Is he allergic to, I don't know, eggs, milk, whatever? All of these other things, they go straight to if he can't behave, if he can't pay attention, if he's afraid of new things, that's a sign of a mental illness. And I disagree. And I disagree loudly. Yeah. Anyway, so that's what I do. That, it's amazing. Um, We've had 
several different former addicts who end up on heroin who were started on drugs when they were kids. Mm -hmm. Drugs for some bogus mental disorder. Jason, I think, was started on Adderall as a young kid and ended up a heroin addict. Yeah, well, if you just see the message. Okay, I'll go back to my cooking. Like, okay, Barbara or Barbie, you can't cook. Let me give you a drug. What message am I sending there? Drugs solve everything. Drugs solve everything. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just a lie. And then you have them, like I say, before the brain is formed, before the baby teeth are formed, they're on an addictive substance in their body. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, if everyone in this room right now, we were all to have a beer, some of us, fine. Some of us not, but it's going to affect all of us. Right. It will affect all of us. Right. So if we have these mind-altering medications every day from when we're three, four, five years old for six years, seven years, eight years, nine years, that's some permanent damage. Yep. Yep. And you make a very good point. I talked about this one time that, you know, the thing with these types of medications is nobody knows exactly how they will affect you. Nobody knows exactly how they will affect your child. So do you want to play Russian roulette with your child's mind? Do you want to do that? Do you want to play Russian roulette with your own mind, but with your child's mind or brain? Do you want to play Russian roulette and see how it works? Right, but I'll tell you, there's a huge motivation behind all of that, and it's money. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so now that I have a private school... I am on the list of the drug companies. Right. And every year, once, two, three times a year, they come to my school. Now I'm going to call somebody out, which could get me in trouble, but Florida International University is a university about 20 minutes away from my school. They are funded $32 million on several different drug studies on children. $32 million. When Intuniv was on the market, FIU was doing a drug study because before the drug can go public, they have to do drug studies, so they need kids. So they go to the daycares, the private schools, the charter schools, the after-school programs, the public schools, and they come with their little briefcases and they come with their brochures. And I think it was 2007, I could be wrong on the date, but it was around then that Intuniv was coming out. And there was three levels of participation for this drug uh, study offered to me the principal. The first level was for every name, address, and phone number I submitted to the drug study, I would get $100 cash. The cash could be to me personally because I own the school or to the school, because let's face it, Barbara, you're in a shopping center. It's small and it's ugly. Quote. Quote. So we'll give you $100 for every student. For, well, for every name, address, not student, oh, every, every name. name like if I have your address... I submit it, I get $100. The second level of participation was if I fill out a mental health checklist on the children, and there was about 57 uh, stipulations. Can't cut with scissors. Three years old, can't cut with scissors. Like, I don't give my 35-year-old scissors in my house. Come on, right? I'm kidding. My son Damon is going to murder me, right? Anyway, so if I do a mental health checklist on my students and turn it in, I get $500 per mental health checklist. If I sit with you and I get you to put your son, your daughter, or your grandchild on this drug, I get $5,000 per child. And I was, the, uh, I was livid. 
And I was, I said, no. And they kept going. I'm like, no. And my school, like I say, is small. And if I could reach, my office is glass for a reason. When I see everybody and they see me, peace in the Middle East, you know? (laughs) So if I could reach through the glass, I could touch a child, right? A high schooler. And at the time, I think I had 16, 17 kids in high school. And the only one that hadn't been labeled in drug was my youngest son. Everyone else had horror stories. So I go, excuse me. And they all see the suits in my office. And I step out and I'm constantly in her. I'm like, time out, time out. You see the suits in my office? They just offered me, it was like $260,000 if I were to multiply the $5,000 out. And they go, miss, we could get a basketball court. We could move. We could get horses. You know, the whole thing. They're right, kids, right? right? And I go, there's a catch. You have to go back on psychiatric medication. And these kids stood up, and they were pissed. And I go, hold on to that emotion because it's the correct emotion, and follow my lead. So I go back into my office, and I'm like, that boy over there has permanent liver damage from the ADHD medication he was given when he was three. This one here has ticks from the ADHD medication he was given when he was six. This one over here has attempted suicide twice before he was 15, before they got him off the drugs, and now he's doing fine. So you're using your degree to ruin our humanity. And these people are like that. And I'm like, so pick up your briefcase, get the hell out of my office, because I'm dismissing high school early, and they're going to kick your ass in the parking lot. And I'm like, class dismissed, and they all went running. (laughs) No, nothing violent happened. (laughs) But the kids express. this one kid, you know, I, I... you're not allowed to curse in my school. He goes, miss, I said the F word. I go, sometimes it's the right thing to do, you know. But that's the pressure that's on to drug these kids. And I was told I was the only, only educator in South Florida to refuse the money. The only one. Yep. The daycares, the preschools, the after school, they're all taking the money. And it's sick. And it's completely legal. I won't even fill out a mental health. I won't touch it. And on my website, I'm very, like you said, transparent. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not a certified teacher. I don't hire certified teachers because in my neighborhood, they are educated on the labeling. It's the whole first year of certification is the labeling of kids. I don't want that philosophy right? And many of my staff are not church members. I don't care. Just a reminder that you are listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For further information on the podcast, you can go to our website, theaddictionpodcast.com, or you can find us on our Facebook page by the same name, or you can call us at 727-314-7080, or you can email us to the addiction podcast at yahoo.com. For further information on Narcan on Suncoast, call 1 877 339 3324. That's 1 877 339 3324. Do you have a loved one struggling with drug addiction and you've tried everything to help them and failed? Bobby Newman 
a certified drug counselor with 30 years experience and an over 85% success rate as an interventionist, has created a series of 12 videos that you can use right now to learn every step to get your loved one to agree to treatment. Call 1-866-989-4499 today and say podcast and get a 10% discount. Or go to newmaninterventions.com and type in the word podcast for a 10% discount. That's Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N, interventions, I-N-T-E-R-V-E-N-T-I-O-N-S.com and use the word podcast. This service comes with a free one-hour consultation with Bobby. What I want is can you take Joey or Maria and teach them. I don't care how many labels they have, we can teach them. And throughout history, there's several people who have, oh, Frederick Douglass was a slave who taught himself to read. No technology, no dictionaries, and he did it. Helen Keller couldn't see, couldn't hear, couldn't speak. And a 20-year-old tutor got her to understand language, and she graduated, first person who graduated with honors from Radcliffe. If she can do it, my son Damon can do it. But the first thing out of the gate was drugs. I'm like, no, that should not even be on the table, unless there's obviously some physical situation where we need, then the medical industry is helping us. But when, like I say, a three-year-old on Prozac, sorry, now, are you able to get um, children like that off of drugs? No. No. I'm not a medical. Absolutely not. do you not. have some place you can send them? What I do is I'm very connected to a group. It's called Citizens Commission on Human Rights. Yes, we've interviewed the uh, president in Clearwater a couple times. Okay. They have a documentary called Dead Wrong, and it is heart-wrenching. And it's of a woman, a normal mom who had an all-American boy, basketball, handsome, this, that, and the other. He went on Lexapro because he got nervous at school on tests, and he killed himself. And it's her story. So when you enroll in my school, you have to watch that DVD or I won't enroll. And I don't care if your child was on drugs or not on drugs. This is a situation that we all face. Yep. So yep. anyway, that, and then I'm like, you need to go to the pediatrician. And that's what... They do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I know on psych drugs, you have to do a medical detox to get off of them. You have to step down. Well, I can't tell a person. If, no, if, I you know. know. Like if a student comes in and says, I have a headache, I cannot give them an Advil. Right. Like, no, I know. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. And, and that just keeps it really crystal clear on who's responsible for what. Right. But it just doesn't make sense. Nope. Do you talk to other educators in your area about this? Are they open to it at all? Uh, some are, some aren't. Like, there are some schools. There's a school in Miami. They boast one psychologist or psychiatrist for every four students. And the majority of their kids are on drugs. There's another school. They charge $30,000 tuition a year. All of their students are on medication, wow. which is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so like, like I'm in a shopping center because I don't get the funding. You know, if I drug the kids, oh, I'd have a huge private school. I won't drug the kids, though. Scary. It is. It is scary. Yeah. 
It is. So have the drug come back? Do they come back and visit you regularly? They come back <laughs> every year. Okay. Every year. And I tried to explain to them a few times, which also just shows who you're dealing with. It's almost like the Stepford wives that they don't even think. I'm like, okay, I'm a hostile customer. I'm not even a customer. I hate you. You shouldn't come here because I will embarrass you and point you out in front of all my students. And they're like, okay. <laughs> you, you know, if you know, you just you should stop coming. And they come. Um, what do you think? I'm going to change my mind? <laughs> no, and we get offered every, um, the Individual Disability Educational Act idea for kids with disabilities. Now, in Florida, if you're, if you're labeled ADHD, you're considered a disabled citizen. So I could get Apple TVs. I can get tablets. The only thing is I have to get the kids to see a psychiatrist. I'm like, I'm not doing it. And again, it goes right over their heads. And when these guys come in, I really push the point. And I'm ready for them. I have the DVDs. I have the this. I point out the kids. Sometimes I call the kids in. I'm like, this is somebody who wanted to label you. What do you say to them? And that's like a, that's a point. But they're in my house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So they're going to come to my house. They're going to eat what I'm making for dinner. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's a great analogy. That is how it goes. So, but have you found any educators that agree with you in your area that don't work for you? <laughs> that don't work for me? I mean, yes, you find people that um, don't like it, but okay. for the paycheck, they do it. Right. That's, it comes down to the money. If we take the money out of the equation, this whole thing would fall apart. Yeah. And it is all about the money. It is all about the money. I'll tell you another story. Okay, so... I was a, I'm a young parent, right? All my kids were grown and out of the house, and I wasn't even 45. So my original, it's a little personal, I come from a huge family. When my grandmother passed away, she had 101 grandchildren. So here is, a, here is actually a horrible story, but I have to give a little bit of back data. I come from a very large family. My parents had five. I had four. I wanted eight. I like a lot of randomity. I like a lot of noise. You know, my parents didn't get matching furniture until all five of us moved out of the house because that's how it was. There was no hyperactive as a label when we were growing up. Kids had more energy than adults. That's known. That's like saying a puppy is hyperactive. It's not, there's nothing wrong. It's, it's a puppy. So anyway, my kids are all grown and they're out and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I wasn't done. I think what I want to do is I want to adopt, but I don't want to adopt a baby. I'm going to become a foster parent. So I did the foster classes and I made it known up front. I don't want a baby. I don't care the race. And I want five. I'm like, I want to keep a group together. I don't want them to be separated. My kids all had to do affidavits and sign papers that they didn't mind if they had an African-American brother or sister. How was it growing up? And I'm thinking, this will be the perfect situation. I'm stable. I have a school. I'll get them. I'll do the same thing that I did for mine. They'll get a bunny rabbit. I read stories. They have to sweep the floor, you know, chores, the whole thing, right? Here's what it came down to. When I got my certificate, I'm like, good. Where are the kids? And they go, well, they all have to be on psychiatric medication. I'm like, I'm not no going 
to <coughs> medicate them. And if I wow. didn't medicate them, I could be found in neglect and I could be jailed. So right now, this breaks my heart. You can't Because have right now, there are, it's been 10 years. 10 years ago, I could have taken a family of five. I'm like, give me a three-year-old to a 13-year-old. You know? And what's the worst that would have happened if these kids would have moved in with me? They would have been fed. They would have had stories read to them. They would have been little inventors and this, that, and the other. And they gone would have been educated. They would have been educated, et cetera, et cetera. But I wouldn't drug them. So that, that those five children don't know the opportunity that they missed. You know? And they would have been with brothers and sisters who could care less what color they are. You know? Wow. And I'm like, That's a come heartbreaker. on. That's a heartbreaker. It is. Yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. Especially when you know how many kids are out there being neglected and abused. I'm like, good, I'll take them. And I don't want a baby. I'm like, that's a big deal because most people, oh, I want them tiny. I'm like, I don't want to go through that. I'm like, I didn't want to go through it the first time around, but that's what I did. Wow. Anyway, so I feel like this system is stacked against the children. And I'm not even talking, I'm going pre-addict. Right. But it's all leaning towards creating an addict. Absolutely. That you are told when you were little that if you can't focus, you need a drug. Right. Yeah. Well, how much focus are we expecting of a five-year-old? Makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. I mean, when when the teacher was telling me, like, they really hit me hard on my son. They're like, well, he confuses the six and the nine. I'm like, because they look almost exactly the same, and he's six. If he confused a cow and a desk, I would be concerned, but I would also know that he couldn't make that distinction. Right. But And they go, well, he has math disorder. I'm like, well, I'll take him off of all check writing responsibilities. He will no longer handle the finances of my family. And I thought I was being funny. They didn't like it at all. I was going to get labeled. I'm like, good, whatever. Okay, so Barbie, the way I like to end these interviews, since I've got a lot of people listening, if... What would be the one thing you would want to say to probably parents and anybody listening that is being told they need to drug kids? I would say do your research. It's a lie. And in Florida, it's actually the law. You do not have to submit to the evaluations. You do not have to submit to the drugging. And Florida, thankfully, is a very homeschool-friendly state. You know, I go, I speak some, and I always encourage the homeschooling. Because the homeschooling, like me, I mean, okay, I went to the next level. I turned it into a private school. You don't have to do that. Right. You can actually homeschool your own children without using the Common Core, without getting into all of the nonsense that has become education today, and have a really good win at it, and salvage your child. Yep. Yep. Barbie, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Apologize about my voice again. No worries. I hope you enjoyed Barbie's interview. Once again, I am sorry for how horrible my voice was in that interview. It was extremely difficult for me to talk, so it's good that Barbie did a lot of the talking and I didn't need to prompt her. 
You know, I think that this whole subject of the drugging of young children is very relevant to what we're talking about today. And it occurs to me that I'm going to guess that a lot of the former addicts that we've spoken to, and a lot of you who listen, who might have done street drugs, maybe you're an addict now, or maybe you're a former addict, or maybe you're a loved one of an addict. It occurs to me that there are probably way more people that were started on this path to addiction with these prescription medications. If that's the case, and you have a story that you would like to share, please contact us. The email is theaddictionpodcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you. I'll be back next week. Hopefully Jason will be with me and my voice will be even better than it is today. Thank you so much for listening. Oh yeah. And don't forget, subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you. You have been listening to the Addiction Podcast, Point of No Return. For more information, call 877-339-3324 or visit www.narcononsuncoast.org. Narconon is a non-12-step rehabilitation program based on the works of L. Ron Hubbard. 